Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 16th. This is week 7 of the 2018 NFL season. It's just We just keep flying on down the season. We're almost halfway through. Anyway, my name's Michael Nazarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very experienced uh, friend and fantasy player and expert and fantasy writer and guru and everybody, everybody's good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Pretty well. I mean, well, I tell you, my intro is getting longer each week. By the time, uh, by the, time the season ends, <laughs> we're going to just run out of time before we even get to clicks and flicks. <laughs> yeah, lots to talk about today. Uh, let's get right to the uh, NFL news and notes. And, of course, the top story uh, I have to say is that uh, the source coming out of Florida, uh, somebody interviewed and talked to and had pictures with and showed work, him working out, Le'Veon Bell, uh, that he says he's going to come back to the Steelers on Monday, which is the start of the week of their next game because they have a bye this week. There was some mix-up about whether he would get paid if he showed up this week. Some people were saying that he wouldn't because it was a bye week, so he didn't show. Uh, the, the Steelers are claiming they haven't heard from him. Uh, this guy is saying uh, that he's going to show him next Monday. Um, you know, he's smiling down there uh, in, in Florida, having a good old time, And but apparently he's going to show up. So the question is the fantasy impact. If he shows next Monday – what do you think, Chris? Do you think it's going to be an RBBC for a while? Is he going to take over? What If you got Bell on your team and or James Conner, what do you do? Well, I, that, those are all very closely related but very difficult questions to answer in a short period of time. I think the short version is that mm-hmm. Conner's not going away, at least not for the short term. Even if Bell shows up next Monday, I've got to believe that he may be in phenomenal shape, but he won't be in football shape or – know the nuances of the changes in the playbook to, to be right in the lineup right away and push Connor to the sideline. Uh, the one thing that I also saw today, uh, one of our uh, good friends, uh, former Fanex guy, Dwayne Cahills, who's a big Steelers fan, had pointed out that, uh, you know, the, the two guys run with very different styles as well, too. You can't just snap your fingers and have this offensive line and the play calling all just adjust on the fly and suddenly shift from a one-cut downhill runner like Connor to a patient wait for the whole kind of runner like Bell. So things are going to be difficult for a while if he goes in. So I think they're going to ease him in rather than throw him in. So Connor's got some staying power, I think. Okay. So if getting back to the, the, the next question, if you've got – let's say you've got Connor on your team but you don't have Bell. Are you panicking now? Are you trying to, to trade Connor? What, or do you hold on to him and hope that he has some kind of value here? Or do you try and shop him hard to the, uh, to the bell owner and take what you can get? I, well, I think you would try to shop him hard. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. If you're, if you're trying to get Connor, you're trying to get him for 
like a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. If you're owning Connor, you're trying to get him, you're trying to get a, a stud back because he's putting up top end numbers, and it's just there's, there's a big disconnect between what people expect depending on which side of that trade thing they're on. So I think it makes sense if you're a Bell owner or a Connor owner to approach each other and try to unify them on the same roster because that's where they're the most useful. But I, I just don't realistically think that his production so far and the reasonable expectations of his potential drop-off in the future make that a good marriage. So I, I just don't see a lot of trades happening if you don't have both on your roster already. Well, it's interesting. In one expert league, I actually do have both Bell and Connor. It's a dynasty league. It's the half-tax league. And uh, we at, were a Bell owner, and the Connor owner came to us right before the season started and offered us uh, Connor in exchange for a fourth-round draft pick, and I jumped on it. My partner and I, uh, Steve Yerger, uh, who runs the IDP aspect of the site, we both agreed that that was a really good deal, and we are very happy that we made that deal because we got us you know, a top-five running back for uh, the first six weeks of the season. And, and of course, we're going to take our time and see if Bell shows up and see who's, been, who's named a starter and such. But I'm like you. I think he's going to be eased in. But I, I just think uh, he's so much of a talent. I just, I just can't see that going 50-50 right away. And it really depends on how the first week of practice goes and if he's healthy and what kind of shape he is. But if he's in fairly good shape, I see him coming off like 60-40 right off the bat. And then within a couple of weeks, I think carrying most of the load in that. And I think Connor, uh, Connor owners are probably going to be disappointed by that because I just don't see them sharing that backfield for too long a period of time if provided that Bell's in shape because we know what, what a talent he is. And the fact is is that the Steelers are trying to win a Super Bowl. They've already lost a couple of games. They're, you know, they're, they're playing a little bit better, but their defense is a mess. They need it to score as many points as possible. And you know, the goal here is to get to the Super Bowl, and they're either going to have the, the people with the most talent on the team doing, playing the most snaps and getting the most touches uh, regardless of uh, what the situation is. Once he shows up, if he's in shape and he you know, follows the rules and practices, and, and contributes and all, I think within a couple of weeks, all of this, for the most part, from the players and coaches is going to be forgotten. Of course, the Steelers' management is never going to forget this. And at the end of the year, I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be adios to Mr. Bell because I don't think uh, that they're going to want to pay him what he wants. And, you know, it is it is what it is. It's a business decision. Let's get right they to the next They could also line up Bell and slot both on the field at the same time. So that's not that's an option you, yep. can, you can use with his skill set as well. That is an option. That, that That's a very good point to make. You could They could both be on the field at the same time, line up on the slot and throw to him, and then when they, if it's the running play, run Connor. You know? So there's a whole bunch of different ways that they can do this, but I'm just saying is that I think that Bell is going to slowly take the majority of the touches away at the running back position from them. If they play him in the slot, that's great, and he's going to catch a lot of passes and all, and maybe Connor can stay on the field and get more touches that way there's a whole bunch of different things they can do and it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks if bell does show up next monday moving on over to atlanta uh devonta freeman a nightmare season continues it's basically over he may come back in week 15 or 16 but at first it was a knee then it was a foot now it's a groin and he's got the groin he's going to have groin surgery this thursday he's uh, been placed on ir which means he's out for at least the next eight weeks Looks like Tevin Coleman and rookie Edo Smith are going to take over. So uh, if you're a Devonta Freeman owner, um, what do you do, Chris? Do you drop him immediately and move on or, or hold him and, and wait and pray that you can use him in the playoffs? Or what do you think? Uh, unless it's a dynasty league, I think you, you drop him um, uh, because I think it, it's no point holding a guy that's not going to be available till at least, like I said, week 15 or 16, which you're going to yeah. have to advance 
fantasy playoffs to, to use him. So and that's if he comes back right then, right away. That's the minimum. So I don't see any reason to hold him unless you're in a dynasty league. Uh, and even at that, you know, you're going to hold him, but he's not going to have the value he had before because, you know, uh, Tevin Coleman's looking good. Edo Smith looked great, I think. I think he's looked better than Tevin Coleman. So, uh, so they, it would not surprise me if they decide to part ways with him at the end of the year and, and go with Coleman and Smith. It wouldn't even be a shock to me. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you just mentioned Edo Smith. He's been vulturing scores away from Tim and Coleman at an alarming rate. They're basically almost shared the backfield 50-50. So, obviously, if Edo Smith stays on the on the waiver wire, you're grabbing him and picking him up right now, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd be surprised if he is. Most leagues he was picked up in the last week or two. So, um, if, if he's still available in your league, first of all, get a better league. And second of all, uh, you know, make sure you go grab him if you can, if you've got room in your roster. Well, there are some people that play in eight or ten man leagues, believe it or not, and maybe in a ten, he may be available. It just also depends if you got fourteen men on your roster and you, you know you've only got three or four guys on your bench. I mean, I was talking to right. a subscriber last week, and he said, should I, "Should I pick up John Brown?" And I'm like, "John Brown's still available?" He goes, "Yeah, he's been sitting out there. I mean, we can only carry fourteen people on our bench, and we start uh, ten or twelve. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a ridiculous amount of small bench numbers, and it's you're constantly churning the last guy in the roster, you know." Where has a big game is going to be picked up and dropped and such, but uh, but definitely if Edo Smith's out there, uh, you know, pick him up. You got to think that Tevin Coleman owners kind of got to be disappointed. What's what? What do you think's going on there? I, I just think Edo Smith looked pretty good. I think that's all there is to it. It's not that Coleman's been bad. He, I think he's looked fine as well. It's I think the Smith just looked very good, and they had a very deep running back room in, in Atlanta. And he's unfortunately not going to be the bell cow that many people thought because. They thought it was a two-man committee, and it's really a three-man committee because Edo Smith's been that good. He's been that good, so basically they're just going to run with the two, with the or, you know shuffle them in and back and forth, keep them fresh, kind of like yep. what uh, the Eagles were doing with uh, Smallwood and uh, Clement last Thursday night. Exactly. Uh, let's move on over to the Jets. Uh, Quincy Inunua, the slot receiver, got lots of targets, eight to ten to twelve each week. Uh, suffered a serious ankle injury. Looks like a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out three to four weeks. Uh, fantasy impact here, Chris, Jermaine Kearse, Terrell Pryor, who's got a groin injury now, Robbie Anderson, who's the guy to own in a PPR league, and in a non-PPR, who's the guy to own it for the Jets? Well, I think, I think you point out a very good, important difference there. In the two leagues, it is different. I still think Robbie Anderson's your best touchdown bet. Uh, it's going to be mostly big plays, but I think he's going to be your best bet to get touchdowns. So non-PPR, he's going to get very few catches, but he'll probably get more touchdowns. Jermaine Curse is going to take over that slot just like he did on Sunday, and you saw what he did. He what do you have nine catches for nearly a hundred yards and I think a score as well. Yep. That that's going to be his role. He's going to slide right in and take over for for Quincy Anunwa just like he, you know he did like he did last year when Anunwa was out. So I think Curse is definitely the PPR guy to own. He's a guy who probably is available in a lot of leagues right now. So uh, in a PPR league, he's going to be a really nice addition to somebody midseason. Yeah, Pryor was the guy that got the score, and Chris Herndon, the the, the tight end there, they both scored. Uh, but uh, they together, both of them saw eight targets, six by Pryor and two by Herndon. Curse had nine, had nine catches on ten targets for 94 yards and no score. But uh, in a PPR, that's almost 20 points. So, you know, that's yeah. stepping right into the Anunua role. So, obviously, people, if you've got Anunua, you want to go ahead and try and pick up uh, a Jermaine Curse. 
uh, first. And uh, we're not sure how bad the groin injury to Terrell Pryor is. That's just kind of cropped up on Monday. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, later in the week. If you're listening, you're probably going to know what's going on if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday. Anyway, uh, let's move on over to uh, one of my favorite tight ends, and I brought this up because you were uh, very hesitant to, to play him or start him if you owned him. But Greg Olson, uh, fingers crossed there, people. I guess he got through the game. He said no, no setbacks at all. In fact, he played, I think, 98% of the snaps. Only missed like four or five snaps, something right, something like that, uh, the entire game last week. Caught four passes for almost 50 yards on seven targets. What is the fantasy value for Craig Olson, uh, uh, Chris, right now? I mean, is he is he a, a solid starter, or do you want to shop him while he's healthy? What do, what, what would you do if you own uh, Greg Olson? Well, if you, if you can get something for him on name recognition, I think that's the wise thing to do, just because he is a an injury risk anytime maybe more so than any tight end since, since you know, Jordan Reed, this side of Jordan Reed. But uh, he, he is definitely a starter if he's on the field. You have to just because of his potential. I said I wouldn't play him right away first week. I'd want to see. But I think as long as he's in the lineup, you've got to play him. You saw what he did this week. I think he actually only missed one snap this week on offense. Um, mm. And you've got to play him just because he's likely to put out some numbers for you. Now, again, if you can get something for him, you should. But as long as he's as long as he's out there, you're going to have to take that risk because especially this year with the depleted tight end ranks, with so many tight ends being injured this year, you've really got to run with Greg Olson because he's the only guy that can put up guaranteed number one numbers that you could, that you probably just picked up or, or brought off your bench in the last week or so. Yeah, I've got him in a couple of leagues, and I actually debated cutting him when it first happened, when the injury first happened, and it was like, well, I think I can go back in a month, and I didn't believe it, but I was like, well, I better hold on to him. We picked up Ian Thomas, and he didn't do anything for most of the weeks, and at the very last game before Olsen came back, uh, Thomas had a, a, a decent game, but by that time, you got to you know, move on to other people because he just wasn't getting it done, kind of like Jonu Smith in Tennessee has absolutely done nothing to replace Delaney Walker, and you can see it's Titans offense is just – hurting in a big way. They just don't have that safety valve, that guy that they can go over the middle and take the big punishing hits and still catch the pass and get 10, 15 yards when it's needed. And Marcus Mariota has almost become a not persona non grata for fantasy in that regard. But anyway, yeah, I, I've got uh, Olsen. I'm going to be starting him and all. Uh, the leagues that I've got him, they don't really uh, do, do much trading and all. But, uh, you know, there is very – it's uh, it's – very, very thin. Uh, people are like, well, you're starting either Jesse James or James or, or Vance McDonald, and these guys like one week huge, one week one catch, you know, and it's very frustrating. So in other words, all those people out there that got Kelsey or Ertz and, of course, Gronk, who's now looking a little bit better, but he's not even up at the level where Ertz and Kelsey are. Uh, and, of course, even Cook's come back to the pack. Now the Joker's looking pretty good. But, you know, these guys, you've got Ertz and Kelty. Be happy and smile and, and hold on to those guys. Start them in your lineup. Don't be shopping them because there's nobody better. Uh, nobody's going to get the production, especially in a PPR league. I mean, you're catching eight, nine passes uh, a game, uh, ten passes or whatever uh, with Ertz is, is just crazy. Anyway, uh, one other note before we get to the injury uh, injury updates here, and it's the injury note, of course. Uh, Matt Bryant, the kicker for the Falcons, has a hamstring injury. He's not going to play this coming Monday night against the Giants. The Falcons just re-signed Giorgio Tavecchio, who they had in the camp after the Raiders cut him, and so he's going to be kicking this week for the Falcons. Right to the injury, uh, short injury list here. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, he dinged his ankle and played through it. Uh, he's a very tough player in Cleveland. He expects to play this week, no problem there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, the last-minute scratch with a shoulder injury. Brock Osweiler surprised everybody, blew up everybody. 
people don't be running out and grabbing Brock Osweiler because he's going to disappoint. When when people can game plan for this guy, he can't do anything on the field. But as for Tannehill, he's day-to-day. They don't know if he's going to play this week or not. I'd be looking for another alternative uh, if, I, if I owned him. And Josh Allen, the right, uh, the, uh, the the rookie uh, for the the Bills, his right elbow, uh, you know, one of those older ligament uh, damages out two to three weeks. He's week to week there. They don't think surgery is needed. Um, what do you think? Uh, do you think, uh, Chris, do you think that the Bills should start Derek Anderson, who just signed there, over Nathan Peterman? I, I sure think so, but what do you think? If they start, I just actually made a, a post on social media about this. I said if they start uh, Peterman this week, they should be investigated by the league office for tanking because there is zero evidence to support any intelligent reason to play Peterman, not the least of which is, as some people have alluded to in the media, they're going to lose that locker room because it's obvious that he should not be on the field. Every time he gets on the field, it's like immediately a pick six. (laughs) I've never never seen anything like that. I mean, you know, when he he made that start and threw two or three pick sixes and then, of course, right against Houston, I was like, we had the Houston defense at Phoenix. Thank you very much, Mr. Peterman. (laughs) Two picks and a pick six, you know, I mean, uh, very nice. Uh, anyway, moving on over to the running back position, we're still waiting on Leonard Fournette to get healthy. The hamstring doesn't look like he's going to play this week. I think their bye week is what, week nine? Jacksonville, yeah, week nine. So it doesn't look like he might not come back to week ten. Don't plan on that. Dalvin Cook was close, but he was close the week before. He was close with the hamstring. Uh, looks like he might play. It depends on if he makes it through practice this week. We'll see. Chris Thompson with a knee and a rib uh, for Washington. He's day-to-day. Uh, moving on over to the wide receiver position, Cooper Cup. Um, you know, first it was a concussion, then he's cleared from that. Then, of course, he gets that uh, MCL sprain. Looks like he's unlikely to play week to week. May, may, might not only miss one game there. Believe it or not, he tried to come back and play in that game in the third quarter uh, after suffering that injury, and uh, they realized, oh, he's not anywhere close to 100%, and they pulled him for the rest of the game. Um, now, T.Y. Hilton, the chest and the hamstring. Um, I saw on Twitter, uh, it was a media guy, I can't remember his name, uh, maybe maybe it was Chappelle. I can't remember uh, the guy's name. He said with the educated guess is that T.Y. Hill is not going to play this week. Do you have any uh, information to add to that, Chris and Andy? Uh, that, that's what everyone's hearing here. I would be surprised. Uh, he may be out for a while still. He, he doesn't appear to be close. Wow. Is it the hamstring or the chest? Is it the hamstring? It's more the hamstring. Yeah. Okay, you can't run. You're a wide receiver, and if you don't have uh, you know close to 100% hamstrings, you just you know stretch it one time too many. Who knows if he's had a setback or not? But Hilton hasn't practiced in like what two or three weeks? Uh, I think yeah, three weeks. He's not practiced, but one limited practice since he got injured. So. Yeah, I wonder if something happened in that limited practice where he had a bad reaction or whatever. That's not good. Uh, over in Atlanta, uh, they're hopeful that both Mohamed Sanu with a hip and Calvin Ridley with an ankle will play this week, but who knows? We'll see what happens in the practices later this week. Uh, back to Washington, Jameson Crowder with an ankle. He's not going to practice till at least Friday. That means he's unlikely to play this week. I would not count on him. Uh, and uh, some good news for the Giants. Looks like Evan Ingram might be ready to come back from that uh, sprained MCL. He missed the game, game last week, but he was very close. He actually practiced on Tuesday, which was an extra practice session, and uh, because they they're not playing the Falcons until Monday night. So uh, right now it's looking pretty good, barring a setback there for him to play. Jack Doyle with a hip doesn't look like he's good to go. I mean, it looks like he's going to sit. Right, uh, right, Chris. Not, nothing new on him either. That's correct. Okay. Uh, also, oh, one more uh, note on kicking. Uh, Greg Zerline 
looks like he's good to go with the grind because they just released Cairo Santos, so uh, he had kicked for the team the last two weeks, and they wouldn't be releasing their replacement kicker if they knew if they didn't know that their uh, primary kicker is okay and ready to go. So uh, anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Of course, our free NFL Quick Bits page updated every single day. Free in-season eye-in-the-sky scanning reports, including those from the Colts, uh, from Chris Rito covering the Colts. And our weekly fantasy newsletters include daily premium injury Quick Bits, Expanded picks to click and flick. The markets features the meat and potatoes of the newsletter. Free agent trading advice. The free agent player trading rankings, uh, and and of course rankings for the week on Wednesday. We do redrafter rest of season rankings every other week. Uh, we just did one last week. We're going to do one again next week, and then one in week ten there. Of course, NFL game matchup analysis very comprehensive from John Cooney, uh, and of course we update our rankings and uh, offer fantasy regions on Saturday, and and uh, everything is discounted, prorated for the rest of the season nineteen. 95, the price of a pizza with everything on it. Try us out at ffmastermind.com and follow me at ffmastermind on Twitter. And let's get to the right to the picks to click and flick for week seven. These are guys you might want to consider sitting, uh, sitting because of bad matchups or whatnot, and or starting because of their good matchups. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. I'm going to start with the rookie, Baker Mayfield. I mean, obviously, Tampa's allowed the most everything in every category to quarterbacks. They get no pressure, they get no picks. But uh, another thing worth mentioning for Mayfield here is that in the next five weeks, he faces four of the, or excuse me, the next four weeks, he faces four of the five most generous defenses to fantasy quarterbacks. So you want to go get him to get you through these heavy bye weeks, no matter who you've got, because the next four weeks he should be really good. Another guy that's going to be a little bit of a gut check time to play him will be Blake Bortles. I know he struggled recently, and the Texans are dialing up some pressure. But Bortles has always been amazing at home against Houston. He's averaging 310 yards and three scores his last three seasons at home against the Texans. So half his game has been stinkers, half have been top five quarterback number one numbers. Going to get good Blake or bad Blake this week? I'm actually betting on good. Okay. A couple quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Captain Checkdown. Uh, what's not to like or not like about Eli Manning? Well, the bottom line is that you should like him because he's going against the Falcons. Can't stop anybody. Even as Dinkin and Duncan, he almost threw for 300 yards last week. He should go well over 300 this week with at least a couple scores. So if you need him, start him. I understand if you're kind of hesitant about it, and if you got a better quarterback, go with it. But, you know, I think this should be a good week for Eli. Good Eli, not bad Eli. Okay, Andy Dalton, his turn against the Sorry, Chiefs secondary this week should be a pretty high-scoring game there like that. Um, caution play. Uh, you know, I know everyone's going to start Drew Brees and all, but now that Mark Ingram's back, they're going to be running a little bit more. Uh, you got to temper your expectations because they're going into Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens that just sacked Marcus Marietta 11 times on the road and shut them out. Now, obviously, the Saints are not going to be shut out, but this could be a field goal fest 
because you got the two of the best kickers in the league in Justin Tucker and Will Lutz. So obviously you're going to start Drew Brees if you have him, unless your alternate is Patrick Mahomes, then I would sit Brees. But anyway, you're most likely going to start Brees. Just temper your expectations there. Case Keenum in Denver, I'm just not feeling it on the road at Arizona. Uh, been very up and down. He's gone uh, stretches at a time where he couldn't throw a touchdown at all. Uh, you know, played a little bit better last week, but boy, the Denver just, you know, they're in a tailspin, really worried about that team, just going right on down off a cliff there, and that could be mad things for Case Keenum. Um, anyway, uh, what about uh, a couple quarterbacks you're not crazy about in one, Chris? I'll start with Matt Stafford. I know Miami gives up a fair amount of passing yards, but they have allowed the fewest touchdowns in the air and lead the league in interceptions. Stafford also has an interesting history in that since Jim Bob Cooter became his coordinator full-time, he has not thrown a touchdown in the game coming out of the bye week. Uh, so he also has zero or one touchdowns in nine of his last 12 games against AFC opponents and only two 300-yard games. So this does not look historically like a good matchup for Stafford. And then a caution play for me would be Andrew Luck. I mean, his volumes allowed him to remain a fantasy star, but the Bills are a surprisingly good pass defense and are among the best in limiting the opposing fantasy quarterback. They've only allowed three total touchdowns in the air the last four weeks, and they've yet to allow a 300-yard passer despite facing Flacco, Rivers, Rodgers, Cousins, and Watson. So that's, that's pretty impressive. They haven't allowed a lot of yards. I have to agree with you about that. Uh, Buffalo might have a ridiculously bad offense, but their defense is uh, nothing to sneeze at. A couple of running backs you like and why? I, I can't believe a consensus top four draft pick has slumped so far to be mentioned as a not obvious click and play, but I'm going to go with David Johnson. This is a week we should finally see the DJ of old. You look at the Broncos, they've allowed a 200-yard rusher for back-to-back weeks. Not a 100-yard, a 200-yard rusher. Johnson's going to get his chance to do some damage against a tired defense playing in a short week with Denver having to travel. And then I kind of like the old man, Frank Gore, this week. Uh, the Aegis Wonder has actually improved each week, getting more yards and more carries four straight weeks now. He's dominating touches and snaps over Drake, and Drake's goal line fumble could clinch his usage decline. Uh, Drake's got the passing work, but the lines have been gashed on the ground and given up very little in the air. So I like Gore to get some some pounding in the ground this week. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, you'll find David Johnson listed on our official click list for this the, this week too. And it's the first time I've done that in I don't know, but since maybe when he was a rookie and he first broke out. Anyway, I agree with you totally there. A couple of guys I, I like this week. I think Philip Lindsay's going to have a good game against the Cardinals because guess what? They can't stop the run either. So I think neither quarterback in that game is going to do much via the pass. It's going to be all on the, on the ground. And Peyton Barber coming off his best game of the year, I think uh, he's going to have a pretty good game against the Browns. Why? They had just allowed Melvin Gordon to run all over them for three scores and all. So I think Peyton Barber uh, should end up putting it put a, putting up the yardage and maybe a score for the second consecutive week there. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Lamar Miller, Houston. I don't think uh, he, you should expect much against the Jaguars, especially with that porous uh, offensive line. doesn't seem to be run blocking very well. Lamar Miller is just uh, not a very dynamic back anymore, getting older there. Also, uh, I think the Jaguars are going to bounce back at home. They've had two bad games in a row here. And Jordan Wilkins there in Indianapolis, where was he last week? Uh, Mac came on the field. He didn't even play at all, so he's not a part of the game plan right now. And, uh, you know, if you're desperate and you don't have another slug on your roster or whatever, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't hesitate to drop him for somebody if you actually have to pick up somebody to get in your lineup because Jordan Wilkins is not part of the running game right now for the Colts. Uh, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? A caution play, I'll start with Jordan Howard. I mean, the size of the Patriot linebackers makes interior running against them difficult. And the fact that teams are generally in track meets against New England or catch-up mode also favors the pass game. 
just Cohen, not Howard. Howard's very touchdown dependent. The Patriots have only allowed one rushing touchdown all year. So I'd sit in this week if you have an option. And then another guy is Corey Clement. Uh, for starters, the Panthers' run defense is just very good. They've stuffed Zeke and Barkley and Mixon, and Clements is just not as good as them. He's also splitting time with Smallwood, who actually outsnapped and outtouched him on Thursday. And then Sproles is going to return. When everyone was healthy in week one, Sproles actually led the backfield in snaps tied with Ajayi. So I'd, I'd be careful here with Clement and expecting too much. Okay, and a couple of wide receivers that you like and why. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's the obvious one. Last night, Beathard apparently finally figured out he's still on the team and he's healthy. So uh, I think he's <laughs> going to go after a Rams secondary that's been decimated by injuries. And they've allowed seven wide receivers to get 18 PPR points in the last four weeks. And then I'm going to go with Antonio Callaway as well. Uh, and everyone knows the Bucks have been historically bad, but if you look real closely, it's the number two receivers that have done the bulk of the damage there, especially speedy ones. Four of uh, the NFL team's number twos have topped 20 PPR points and are averaging 22 points against them. So Callaway could be in line for a big game this week. Okay. Uh, let's see. A couple of uh, wide receivers that I like this week. John Brown uh, didn't wasn't really needed last week, so he only caught a couple of passes. Uh, but he's going to rebound with a score against the Saints because I think that they will be needed in this game, even though it's probably going to be mostly field goals in this game. I think John Brown's going to catch a long one for a score in this one. And Josh Gordon is uh, seeing, excuse me, seeing <clears throat> expanded role. Uh, with the Patriots, I think he's going to score on the Bears this week, a team that allows big plays to the receiver. So uh, if you got those guys, start them if you own them. And, of course, guys, be careful about this week, a couple of guys. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Denver, I think the Cardinals are going to limit him. He's just not the player he used to be. And Corey Davis with Tennessee, there's bad vibes all around the entire offense, especially the passing game. He had one pass caught last week. He might catch a few this week. I'm just not uh, feeling it with Corey Davis. Sit him until he does something and stay away from him. Uh, about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, uh, Chris? A, a caution play. A guy you're definitely putting in your lineup is Michael Thomas, but you mentioned earlier that that Baltimore pass defense is pretty good, especially with Jimmy Smith back. He's only Thomas is only averaging a pedestrian 10 PPR points per game and four targets uh, since week three, so uh, after a torrid start. So I'd, I'd be a little cautious and lower your expectations. And I'm a little worried about Marvin Jones this week. Uh, the Dolphins have actually been particularly good at limiting deep throws, and most of their damage that they've allowed is yard after catch, so these routes favor Galladay and, and Tate instead. His usage and targets are dropping, so he's been a solid TD scorer, so he's, he's not a total bust, but I can see his, him having low usage this week for, for Marvin Jones. Okay, uh, I've got a couple of tight ends you like and why. A uh, guy you've probably never heard of is Gerald Everett for the, uh, for the Rams. Uh, 49ers have allowed a touchdown or 100 receiving yards to a tight end five of six games so far. And uh, Everett's picking up a little target slack, with, especially with Coop, or Cooper Cup out of the lineup this week. So I, I'd like Everett to maybe pick it up and be a decent surprise play. And then I'll go with C.J. Uzoma for the second week in a row as a click. The Chiefs allow a lot of seam and deep routes to speed tight ends, and I expect, suspect Dolph, Dalton is going to have a lot of balls in the air against his secondary. Okay, uh, a couple of tight ends that I like this week. David Njoku scored the last time uh, he got on the field this past week, his first score of the year. He's been increasing each week in his production with uh, Baker Mayfield in, on, the, on the team. And uh, this week uh, they have a really sweet matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks, so I think he's going to score again. Evan Ingram, uh, you know, the Giants depend on him so much, uh, especially over the middle. If he plays, I think he's going to produce against the Falcons. The secondary, you've got to keep an eye on his uh, injury status. A couple guys I would not play this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Ryan Griffin, Houston. 
Uh, not against the Jaguars, and uh, you know I think he had five or six targets last week. Didn't catch anything, so you can't trust him. And Hayden Hurst, a lot of potential, but they're just rotating their tight ends in Baltimore. Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, um, Max Williams, uh, Hayden Hurst, one catch last week, or I'm not even sure if he had that one catch, maybe one target. Not yet a big part of the passing game, so sit him until he does something. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Uh, I'll start with Austin Hooper. I know he's had two good weeks in a row, but he's got the Giants this week, and they finally just this last week allowed a tight end touchdown this year, and it was Zach Ertz. So that's that. You know, Hooper is no Zach Ertz. Let's put it that way. Let's be nice about it. Uh, so I think he returns to Earth this week against the, one of a stingy tight end uh, opposing defense. And then I'll, I'll mention Antonio Gates. Uh, the Titans are one of two teams that have yet to allow a tight end to score this year, and aside from one game that was a total aberration where Ertz went went crazy. Uh, they've only allowed three catches for 23 yards each game to tight end so far. So I don't think Gates has enough usage to make this worthwhile here to look at. Okay, one hit wonders the kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Well, you mentioned him earlier, Giorgio Tavecchio. He's, pr- he's obviously available because he just signed with Atlanta today. Uh, he's, with Bryant out, he's going to be filling in against the second most generous fantasy team to kickers on Monday night in a game with lots of scoring chances. And he's a pretty good kicker, actually. And I like Stephen Hauschka of Buffalo. Anytime you're facing Indy, you're, you're going to get a lot of chances. I mean, look what, uh, what Jason Myers have, seven field goals this last week. So I don't expect that, but he should be good. And then uh, a couple of defenses I like that, that I mentioned, the Colts again. They're going to get Buffalo. If Buffalo inexplicably starts Peterman, this is going to be a field day, or they're going to start Derek Anderson, who just got on the team. So I, I think the Indy defense at home is going to rebound a little bit. And I like Arizona and a couple of nights on Thursday night uh, against Denver. They've had two straight big fantasy weeks, and Denver and Keenum are struggling a bit. Thursday night football also favors the home team defense quite often, so Arizona could be a nice play. Okay. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we're preview week eight of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.